Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Hey, this is Joe, and welcome to another edition of Euronet Plus Panorama. We're looking at the outcome of this weekend's elections and reacting to Moscow's latest move. France and Slovenia went to the polls last weekend, and the citizens of both nations threw their weight behind pro-European candidates. And in a shock move, Moscow has pulled the plug on gas supplies to Poland and Bulgaria. In France, Emmanuel Macron became one of a select few French presidents to secure a second term. In what had threatened to be a close-run race with the leader of the far-right National Rally Party, Marine Le Pen, Macron ultimately secured 58.6% of the vote. The day before the vote, fearing the hidden Frexit in Le Pen's National Rally Party's election manifesto, the leaders of Germany, Spain and Portugal had taken the unusual step of publishing a letter to French voters in Le Monde, warning them of the risks of the far right. When the exit polls came in, there was an audible sigh of relief in the corridors of Brussels, as well as in many capital cities around the bloc. Pedro Sánchez, Prime Minister of neighbouring Spain, congratulated French voters for showing their commitment to a free, strong and fair EU. Yet political analyst Aitana Pérez tells Spain's S Radio that every silver lining has a cloud, noting that Le Pen performed better this time around than she did in 2017. Bueno, la reelección de Macron se da en un contexto bastante agridulce, porque al fin y al cabo Macron ha ganado con el... Macron's re-election takes place in a bittersweet context. Macron has won, with 58.5% of the vote to Marine Le Pen's 41%. But it is clear that compared with 2017, Le Pen has closed the gap. We were talking about a difference of 10 million votes in 2017, compared to 5.5 million votes today. This shows us that Marine Le Pen's image has greatly improved. She has moderated her discourse, she has become a more presidential candidate. But despite everything in the French context, Marine Le Pen remains a figure accused of being racist, nationalist, a threat to democracy and even incapable of governing. The co-chair of the German Greens, Ricarda Lang, celebrated Macron's win alongside many of her fellow Europeans. She added, though, that with the victory comes responsibility, as German broadcaster AMS reports. The responsibility to work together on a strong, democratic and social Europe. And I think we all need to fight to ensure that right-wing extremists, friends of Putin and enemies of democracy, like Marine Le Pen, never again come as close to government power as they did last night in France. Yet not everyone was happy with the outcome. Many in Warsaw in particular had been hopeful that a Le Pen victory would herald a new era of France-Poland relations, which have been tense over recent years. National Conservative MEP Adam Bielan expressed a certain disappointment in the result. He told Polsky Radio that Emmanuel Macron's victory will boost what he perceives as the French president's bid to make Paris the leading force within the bloc. 
This means a continuation of France's policies both inside the EU and in external relations. France will continue to hold back tougher sanctions against Russia and continue to strengthen its position inside the EU, especially when after the departure of Chancellor Angela Merkel and numerous mistakes in Eastern policy, Germany's position as EU leader is in trouble today. Emmanuel Macron will fight for this position for his country. According to the Bulgarian political commentator Vladislav Nikolov, who lives in France, this French attachment to Europe played a key part in winning Macron his second term. Nikolov was speaking to Bulgarian National Radio. Europe is very important. France is, in fact, very important to Europe, and Europe is very important to France and Macron. Five years ago, Macron appeared at the Louvre to the Ode to Joy, the European anthem. Now, the same thing was used in front of the Eiffel Tower. He's wedded to the European flag. There was even a scandal at the beginning of the French EU presidency when he appeared with only the European flag, without the French one, in front of the Arc de Triomphe. Opposite Macron's camp, the so-called Europe of Nations was something of a fig leaf for dismantling the EU and returning to an 18th century Europe. Le Pen simply did not have a structured vision of Europe, except for its disintegration and potential smaller alliance with countries such as Hungary and Poland. Frexit would be at the table with Le Pen, who would repay her debt to Russia and withdraw from all common projects. This was obvious to people, and in this respect the television debate was very clear. Many people based their election decision on this as well. Cuckoo Radio asked the Estonian ambassador to France, Lembit Weibor, how far the French elections were affected by the crisis in Ukraine. Weibor believes that Ukraine was less of a factor than might have been predicted. Immediately following the outbreak of war, President Macron's ratings rose to their highest pre-election level. This was because the war in Ukraine was the focus of much French attention. But now, vitality and social issues have become more important. The main issue at play in these elections was the French people's cost of living. In Slovenia's parliamentary elections, which took place the same day as the French election, hardline PM Janis Janša's Slovenian Democratic Party was ousted by liberal challenger Robert Golob's freedom movement. Political newcomer Golob who took 35% of the vote to Janša's 24%, has pledged to restore normality in Slovenia. This comes as a relief in certain corners of Europe, as Germany's Ricarda Lang articulates. And we have a second reason to be happy. The elections in Slovenia, which saw the right-wing populist president voted out of office. All in all, I think we can say that yesterday was a good day for Europe and a bad day for Vladimir Putin. Late on Tuesday night, Gazprom, the Russian state-controlled gas supplier, dropped a political bombshell, announcing that it would be suspending gas supplies to Bulgaria and Poland following a spat about payment currency. In response to EU sanctions, Moscow demanded that European gas distributors pay for their gas in rubles. But Brussels insists that payments made in rubles would violate the sanctions in force. According to news reports, four gas purchasers including ones in Hungary and Germany, have gone against Brussels' wishes and already paid for supplies in rubles, with several others opening accounts with Gazprom Bank. 
Claude Termes, Luxembourg's energy minister, told National Broadcaster 100.7 that any such payments would be unacceptable and that this issue should be discussed by EU energy ministers at their meeting in Brussels on Monday the 2nd of May. If there is confirmation that several member states, or rather energy companies, since they are the ones buying gas, have done this, then we will have to follow this up during our meeting on Monday. This is not acceptable. Energy analyst Martin Vladimirov, from the Centre for the Study of Democracy, believes that Gazprom's actions are a cynical attempt to undermine unity within the bloc, as he tells BNR. This seems to be a special gas operation on the part of Gazprom that I believe is aimed at undermining European unity in our attempts to diversify gas supplies. But it could also be interpreted as an attempt by Russia to activate its networks of influence in Europe, especially in more vulnerable countries such as Bulgaria, with a view to creating an internal political crisis and weakening Europe's common position on Ukraine. Commission President Ursula von der Leyen agrees, condemning Russia's latest move as yet another attempt by Russia to use gas as an instrument of blackmail. But Parliament President Roberta Metsola says that the EU will stand firmly behind Poland and Bulgaria. Bulgaria's Prime Minister, Kirill Petkov, has called for calm. He reassured his citizens that gas is secured for at least the next month and that Sofia is working closely with the European Commission and other member states to fast-track diversification and ensure gas supplies from other member states. Petkov was also keen to stress that Gazprom does not hold all the cards. At the same time, we are conducting a thorough review of our contracts with Gazprom, not only for gas, but also for transit through Bulgaria. This is important because this is part of the effort to show that unilateral blackmail is not a relationship that the Bulgarian state will tolerate. And Poland's Minister of Development and Technology, Waldemar Buda, says that Poland will demand compensation from Gazprom for breach of contract. But, as he told Polski Radio... Patience will be required. We will assert our rights throughout. There is not the slightest doubt here. It will probably end up in foreign arbitration, and I assume that we will win. But this is a process that will take a very long time, several years. Tune in again next week for more insight from our member stations.